On the brain, baby, on the Friday night jams. What's up? Episode four. Woo! What are you guys doing? You guys loving it? You guys have a good week? Did you guys did you guys struggle all week? Did you guys struggle hard? Don't be don't feel bad. My back's all fucked up, so you, you guys are good. You guys are kicking it, hanging out, drinking a beer or two, or five, or ten, or twenty, or fifty, or twelve. 12, 12 packs already done you're having your friends go to the store to grab some more I know hurry up it's getting close to that end time in Cali don't know what time it is in your season <laughs> but we about ready to jam with some best rock songs Vietnam War music baby from the 60s ooh and 70s play rocks let's do it I know you love it on the brain. It's a little bit different. Most of the time, you guys be listening to all kinds of fucked up shit. But right now, we're going to play some Vietnam War music. Let's get some. Back in the day. Cutting edge technology to fix this problem. Because being proactive about your health really is a life or death decision. Oh, shut the fuck up. Yo, 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 oh my god, guys, dang, oh, dang, 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 let me, let me put this, oh, slick, right, all right, so, this, this, thing, this, this show is for broad-minded adults only, it should never be distributed, also, to minors under any circumstances whatsoever, oh, yeah, I just thought I'd let you know, sometimes people forget, I got some kids on the, I could check my, my, uh, my my stuff our our team can check our stuff see how many people what age range and there's some zero to 17 year olds on this 
freaking station right now listening in. Oh, man, shame on you, fathers and mothers, for allowing that one. But if you do, by all means, go for it. You can do it. We're on the brain. Let's get back to that Vietnam War music, baby. industry of 2021 postgraduate program in ai and machine
We're right back, guys, with some more uh, uh, old school style music, you know, from the 60s, 70s. Ooh, it's good. Oh, fucking good. What's up, my niggas? Damn. My back's all fucked up. Talking about. Oh, man. Slutting those. Oh, shit. It just hurts. Oh, man. But I don't want to go to the ER or anything. I'm just going to have to rest, relax, chill. But, yeah. My back's all thrashed right now. But, meanwhile, we're not here for that, really. We're here for some jammy, jammy. Jammy, jammy. So, we're going to play some Baby King. You know what I'm talking about? Baby King. You guys know Baby King, right? You guys know Baby King? Oh, damn, Baby King. Oh, shit. Wrong area. Uh, there it is. Baby, 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 baby,
date any man in town business is built on a multitude of complex processes. Oh, 
let me ask you a question. Do you have a website? If so, how's it doing for you? Let's face it, 10 years ago, website. You say it, my play. Hold on, let's be scratched here. I want to tell you a story about the house in blue. I come home one Friday. I had to tell the landlady I done lost my job. She said, that don't confront me. Long as I get my money next Friday. Now next Friday I come, I didn't get the rent. And out the door I went. So I goes to the landlady. I said, you let me slide. I have the rent for it, I'm all the next I don't know. So, so let me slide it on, you know, people. I know it's when I come home in the evening. She ain't got nothing nice to say to me. But for five years, she was so nice. Lord, she would love a devil. I come home one particular evening. The landlady said, you got the rent money yet? I said, no. Can't find no job. Therefore, I ain't got no money to pay the rent. She said, I don't believe you're trying to find no job. Said, I seen you today. You were standing on a corner, leaning up against a post. I said, but I'm tired. I've been walking all day. She said, that don't confront me. Long as I get my money next Friday. Now next Friday I come out in the rent. And out the door I went. So I go down the streets. Down to my good friend's house. As a little man. I'm outdoors, you know. Can I stay with you maybe a couple days? He said, oh, let me go and ask my wife. He come out of the house. I can see his face. I know there was no. He said, oh, I don't know, man. Uh, she got a funny, you know. I said, I know. Everybody funny. Now you funny, too. So I go back home. I tell the landlady. I'm gonna pay the rent. She said, yeah. I said, oh, yeah. And then she was so nice. Lord, she would love it, love it. So I go in my room, pack up my things, and I go. I slip on out the back door. Down the streets I go. She are uh, hollering about the front rent. She be lucky to get in the back rent. She ain't gonna get none of it. So I stop in the local bar, you know, people. I go to the bar. I rent my coat. I call the bartender. So look, man, come down here. You got down there. So what you want? I want bourbon. I 
show last week for a bunch of teenagers. And these kids carry on today, you can't tell boys from girls. I mean, the girls are with slacks, fellas let their hair grow. I was talking to somebody, I said, look at that teenager, what's that, a boy or a girl? He said, that's a boy, that's my son. I said, sure, you knew you're his father. He said, I'm not his father, I'm his mother. <laughs> I don't know, I tell you, life isn't easy. After a while, I don't know who to believe anymore. Well, the other day I was in my bank, they got signs all over there, at this bank of a friend. Last month I was two payments behind. My friend took away my car. <laughs> I tell you what, me, nothing comes easy, nothing, you know. Well, last week I saw my dentist, not a beauty, my dentist. Yeah, I said to him, can you put in a new tooth to match my other teeth? He put in a tooth with four cavities. <laughs> now, I tell you, last week was a rough week for me, you know, last week. I broke up my psychiatrist too last week. For the first time I told him I got suicidal tendencies. He told me from now on I have to pay in advance. <laughs> well, the first time I saw a psychiatrist, I felt like two cents. I was a kid. I said to him, Doc, can you help me? All day long, he's thinking I'm ugly. He made me lay on a couch, face down. <laughs> I tell you, when I was a kid, I got no respect. No respect at all, you know? The time I was lost on a beach, and a cop had me look for my parents. I said to the cop, I think we'll find them. He said, I don't know, kid, there's so many places I could hide. <laughs> and when I was a kid, my old man, he didn't help either, you know. The time I asked my old man if I can go ice skating on a lake, he told me to wait till it gets warm. <laughs> I'll tell you, sometimes I can't take it no more. Well, today I got two kids and that's rough too, you know. You can't talk to kids today. 
my boy's birthday last week, had a little party, brought out the cake, the kid blew out all the candles. I said to him, I hope your wish comes true. He said, if it does, that's the last time you'll watch me blow out candles. <laughs> you smart kid I got, you know. Like the last time I took my kid to Coney Island, I asked him, want to go in a crazy house? He told me to save my money, he'll be home soon. <laughs> Blondes. Yeah. Hey, it's good to see you again. Oh, it's been a long time. I always get a kick out of coming out here. They treat you right over here. There's yeah. one place they treat you right. You know, I leave, leave the club. I close this week in a club in New York. But I'll be back next Monday. You just close Lock it up completely? I lock the whole thing up for a week. Now I'll come back next Monday night, September 9th, and tell my jokes are going to danger fields. But it's always a kick to come out here. Yeah. Right? I love it out here, you know. I like to go to Vegas, too, you know. Do you? I'm going to Vegas right, for a couple of days. I always go over there. You meet so many wonderful, wonderful people in Vegas. Uh -huh. you know, no idea. Wanna, can, you, can you tell us about a few of them? Well, last time I was there, I met a lovely girl. Uh -huh. Oh, a lovely girl. Valerie Dubois. Valerie Dubois. Oh, lovely girl. Valerie Dubois. In fact, she told me to call her VD for sure. <laughs> Wonderful people out in Vegas. Yeah, really uh -huh. nice, but oh, Vegas really swings. They got the gambling there, the big Wild. hotels and yeah. nightclubs. Oh, they have what big nightclubs they got there. Yeah. Something isn't really so different than the places I worked when I broke in. You know, a tough place. You were in a little joint. Oh, right? I worked tough place. You know, places like Rosario's Rocket Room. You know. Rosario's Rocket Room. Yeah. Tough, tough, tough. Dominic's Atomic Bar and Grill. Oh, sure. Dominic, he was tough. Ooh, yeah, tough, tough on it. During the show, he used to yell at the acts all the time. Yeah. yeah, one other guy was singing, Why was I born? He yelled out, Not to sing! You know, really. <laughs> That's a real heckler, Dominic. Oh, yeah. Bad news, yeah. So your show business, you got to get the brakes. you got to uh, get the brakes, Tony. I would have guessed so, yeah. I never got the brakes, never. Really? As a kid, I never got the brakes either, never. This has been following you all your life, you mean? I was rough when I was a kid. Yeah. When I was a kid, the first time I had my picture taken. The pony threw me. <laughs> Another one I should have. You got to try him out of town, right? You, get, you can't bring well, him take in. Take him on a road to you. Take him on a road. You got to break right. him in. So you get the feeling you wasted your whole life. Huh? I don't know. It's not easy. I got no respect the day I was born. Really? No respect. The doctor picked me up and smacked me. I found out tonight she got a few in too. <laughs> take a break here but we were, right. so then we'll come right back and uh, find out how your health is because I'm always interested. Out so I feel like I'm doing a magic act up here. Well, after this message of interest. <laughs> if you just happen to tune in late tonight. My guest is Miss Doris Day. What's up, guys? What's up? You guys having fun? Ah, you guys, are you guys having fun? I hope you're doing jumping jacks. I can't right now. My back's fucked. I can't do any jumping jacks. I got some fucking foam padding all over my back from my asshole to my neck. I'm all screwed up right now. Man, must be on the brain. What's up, my nigga? Damn. My back's all fucked up. Talking about, oh man, slutting those, uh, oh shit, it just hurts. Oh man, but I don't want to go to the ER or anything. I'm just going to have to rest, relax, chill. 
But yeah, my back's all thrashed right now. But meanwhile, we're not here for that, really. We're here for some jammy, jammy. Jammy, jammy. So we're gonna play some Baby King. You know what I'm talking about? Baby King. You guys know Baby King, right? You guys know Baby King? Oh, damn, Baby King. Oh, shit. Wrong area. Uh, there it is. Baby, 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 baby. I don't like it that. Uh, nope. I ain't gonna play that. I gotta figure out which one's which. Bingo, got it. There we go. Just gotta plug in some parts. It'll go in. Hold on. Let me drop you. There we go. I'm gonna set you up.
business is built on a multitude of complex process Thank you. 
If so, how's it doing for you? Let's face it, 10 years ago, website. You say it, my plane. I want to tell you a story about the house room blue. I come home one Friday, had to tell the landlady I'd lost my job. She said, that don't confront me As long as I get my money next Friday Now next Friday I come, I didn't get the rent And out the door I went So I goes to the landlady I said, you let me slide I have 
the rent for it, I'm all the next that don't know. So, so let me slide it on, you know, people. I know it's when I come home in the evening. She ain't got nothing nice to say to me. But for five years, she was so nice. Lord, she would love her, I come home one particular evening. The landlady said, you got the rent money yet? I said, no. Can't find no job. Therefore, I ain't got no money to pay the rent. She said, I don't believe you're trying to find no job. Said, I seen you today, you were standing on a corner, leaning up against a post. I said, but I'm tired. I've been walking all day. She said, that don't confront me. Long as I get my money next Friday. Now next Friday, I come out in the rent. And out the door, I went. So I go down the streets, down to my good friend's house, as a little man, I'm outdoors, you know, can I stay with you maybe a couple of days? He said, oh, let me go and ask my wife. He come out of the house, I can see his face, I know there was no. He said, oh, I don't know, man, uh, she got a funny, you know. I said, I know. Everybody funny. Now you funny too. So I go back home. I tell the landlady, I got a job. I'm gonna pay the rent. She said, yeah. I said, oh, yeah. And then she was so nice. Lord, she would never do it. my things and I go I slip on out the back door down the streets I go she are hollering about the front rent she'll be lucky to get in the back rent she ain't gonna get none of it so I stop in the local bar you know people I go to the bar I rent my coat I call a bartender So look, man, come down here. He got down there. So what you want? I want bourbon. I want snack. I want beer. Well, I ain't seen my baby since I don't know when. I've been drinking bourbon whiskey and scotch and gin. Gonna get high, man. I'm gonna get loose. Need me a triple shot of that juice. Gonna get drunk, don't you have no fear. I want one bourbon, one scotch, one beer. One bourbon, one scotch, and one beer. But I'm sitting out at the bar. I'm getting drunk. I'm feeling mellow. I'm drinking beer. Look down a bar. Look on the bartender. I look mad. Come down here. So what you want? I want beer. 
and apple for last. Gotta get a drink, man, I'm gonna get gas. Gonna get high, man, I ain't had enough. Need me a triple shot of that stuff. Gonna get drunk, won't you listen right here? I want one bourbon, one shot, one beer, one bourbon. show last week for a bunch of teenagers and these kids carry on today you can't tell boys from girls i mean the girls are wear slacks fellas let their hair grow i was talking to somebody i said look at that teenager what's that a boy or a girl he said that's a boy that's my son i said sure you knew you're his father he said i'm not his father i'm his mother <laughs> i don't know i tell you life isn't easy after a while i don't know who to believe anymore well the other day i was in my bank they got signs all over there at this bank of a friend last month i was two payments behind my friend took away my car. <laughs> I tell you what, me, nothing comes easy. Nothing, you know. Well, last week I saw my dentist. Not a beauty, my dentist. Yeah, I said to him, can you put in a new tooth to match my other teeth? He put in a tooth with four cavities. <laughs> well, I tell you, last week was a rough week for me, you know, last week. I broke up my psychiatrist, too, last week. For the first time, I told him I got suicidal tendencies. He told me from now on I have to pay in advance. <laughs> well, the first time I saw a psychiatrist, I felt like two cents. I was a kid. I said to him, Doc, can you help me? All day long, he's thinking I'm ugly. He made me lay on a couch face down. <laughs> I tell you, when I was a kid, I got no respect. No respect at all, you know? The time I was lost on a beach, and the cop had me look for my parents. I said to the cop, I think we'll find them. He said, I don't know, kid, there's so many places I could hide. <laughs> and when I was a kid, my old man, he didn't help either, you know. The time I asked my old man if I can go ice skating on a lake, he told me to wait till it gets warm. <laughs> I tell you, sometimes I can't take it no more. Well, today I got two kids and that's rough too, you know. You can't talk to kids today. My boy's birthday last week, had a little party, brought out the cake, the kid blew out all the candles. I said to him, I hope your wish comes true. He said, if it does, that's the last time you'll watch me blow out candles. <laughs> a smart kid I got, you know. Like the last time I took my kid to Coney Island, I asked him if he wanted to go in a crazy house. He told me to save my money, we'll be home soon. <laughs> Couple of blondes. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it's good to see you again. Uh, it's been a long time. I always get a kick out of coming out here. They treat you right over here. There's yeah. one place they treat you right. You know, I leave, leave the club. I close this week in a club in New York. Uh, but I'll be back next Monday. You just close the night. Lock it up completely. I lock the whole thing up for a week. Now I'll come back next Monday night, September 9th, and tell my jokes are going to danger field. But it's always a kick to come out here. Yeah. Right? 
I love it out here, you know. I like to go to Vegas too, you know. Do you? I'm going to Vegas right, for a couple of days. I always go over there. You meet so many wonderful, wonderful people in Vegas. Uh -huh. you no idea. Uh, can, you, can you tell us about a few of them? Well, last time I was there, I met a lovely girl. Uh -huh. Oh, a lovely girl. Valerie Dubois. Valerie Dubois. Ooh, lovely girl, Valerie Dubois. In fact, she told me to call her VD for sure. He did Valerie Dubois. Wonderful people out in Vegas. Yeah, really uh -huh. nice, but oh, Vegas really swings. They got the gambling there, the big Wild. hotels and yeah. nightclubs. Oh, that's what big nightclubs they got there. Yeah. So it isn't really so different than the places I worked when I broke in. You know, a tough place. You work in a little joint. Oh, right? I worked tough place. You know, places like Rosario's Rocket Room. You know. Rosario's oh, Rocket Room. Tough, tough. Uh, Dominic's Atomic Bar and Grill. Oh, another one. Sure. Oh, Dominic, he was tough. Ooh, yeah. He was tough guy. Tough During the show, he used to yell at the axe all the time. Yeah. He went out, a guy was singing, Why was I born? He yelled out, Not to sing! You know, really. <laughs> That's a real heckler, Dominic. Bad news, yeah. So you're show busy, you gotta get the brakes. You gotta uh, get the brakes, Tony. I would have guessed so, yeah. I never got the brakes, never. Really? As a kid, I never got the brakes either, never. This has been following you all your life, you mean? I was rough when I was a kid. Yeah. When I was a kid, the first time I had my picture taken. The pony threw me. <laughs> Another one I should have. You got to try him out of town, right? You can't bring well, him in. Take him on a road to you. Take him on a road. You got to break right. him in. So you get the feeling you wasted your whole life. Uh -huh. I don't know. It's not easy. I got no respect the day I was born. Really? No respect. The doctor picked me up and smacked me. I found out the nurse. You got a few in too. <laughs> Take a break here, but we'll then we'll come right back and uh, find out how your health is. Because I'm always interested. Turns out, so much, I feel like I'm doing a magic act up here. Well, after this message of interest. <laughs> if you just happen to tune in late tonight, <laughs> I guess you missed Doris. Hi there, welcome to forward. Come on. What's up, guys? What's up? You guys having fun? Ah, you guys, are you guys having fun? <laughs> I hope you're doing jumping jacks. I can't right now. My back's fucked. I can't do any jumping jacks. I got some fucking foam padding all over my back from my asshole to my neck. I'm all screwed up right now. Man, must be on the brain.
excited about the rapidly emerging AI space? You'd need more than just a traditional training program to get you there. Propel your career with applied learning and cutting-edge...
something a bit less reverb in uh, my monitors, please. Just a little bit, make it a little drier. So I can hear what I'm singing. I was singing something, yes. But I wasn't singing anything. This next track was uh, composed about a week ago and I finished the lyrics today, which is why I have a lyric sheet here, so please forgive that. One day I'll get professional enough to sing without one. And it's called Sex with Sunra. $68 trillion. That is how much money is up for grabs in the next 12 months. Hey, I'm Brian Fouts, CEO of the Elevation Group, the biggest online investment club in the world, and I want to give you my brand new audiobook, The Bank of You, completely free. Now, since 2010, we've had the honor and privilege to help thousands of people from the middle class unplug from the commercial banking system and become their own bank, just like the super rich do. Now, that $68 trillion, it is not what you think it is. That money is coming from the conventional investing systems, stocks, 401ks, bonds, and it is going to banks, including ours. So what I want to do is invite you to a free online masterclass that I put together where I'm going to actually show you how to simply copy what the Super Rich, actually with myself and our entire community here at the Elevation Group, are all doing. And at the end of that training, you're going to get this audiobook, The Bank of You, completely free. There's a link either above me, below me, somewhere on this page. Click that and get your free ticket. But here is the short version. Billionaires and bankers, they don't just survive economic meltdowns like the one that we are about to experience, by the way. They get 100 times richer because of them. I'll both prove it and explain how in just a minute, so keep watching. But you need to get informed and get ready. Now, this free audiobook is the fastest and easiest way to do it. And I'm wanting to have this for free. By the way, it's yours. Take it. No cost, no shipping, no strings. Just my gift back to the universe, back to you, when you attend our next virtual workshop that goes along with that audiobook. Now, there's one starting here in just a few minutes, so click that link below me, above me, where it's at. Click that link and get your free ticket right now. Because no matter what, you need to be there. Because listen, I've been where you're at right now. It's no fun. Uncertainty in times of volatility is everyone's worst nightmare. But here at the EBG, at the Elevation Group, we don't have uncertainty. Because when you are your own bank, when you have the same self-banking setups of the super rich, everything is certain and everything is guaranteed. Now this free book in the company masterclass is me paying it forward. Because if I would have had this book coupled with the information, the tools, the apps, the resources, the connections that you're about to get on this free training, I would not have lost everything in 2008 and 9. In fact, I would have gained everything. Now, the title of this presentation is How to Use the Black Box Investing Secrets of the Super Rich to Make Millions Out of the Incoming Market Crash. Now, at the Elevation Group, we are positioned to create multi-generational wealth from this event. By the way, even members who have no money, they are positioned to create multi-generational wealth from this. Now, how? You'll find out because you're about to do the same thing. And you're going to do this without your 401k. You're going to do this without the cash casino, which is the stock market. And most importantly, without using your own money. Because newsflash here, the super rich, they don't use their money to invest. They never did, even when they were super broke, which is where they all started. It's where I started. It's where Elon Musk started. It's where Jeff Bezos, John D. Rockefeller. By the way, read their bios. They came from dirt, just like you and I. But everyone starts with nothing and uses everyone to get everything. It's where you may go ahead and get your start right this second by clicking the link above or below me right now. But listen, setting up a personal bank, a secret wealth account of the super rich, which by the way, we're gonna cover more detail at the event. It is the foundation of your financial bank building. This is a building that can weather the stock market crash ahead of us. It's a building that will remain standing while everybody else's house of cards falls to the ground. 
It's a building that produces steady, passive, job-replacing income in both good times and bad. It's also a building from which you are going to use other people's money to do the same thing the banks are using your money to do right this second, which is buy real assets that are about to explode in value within the next 12 months. And you're going to do this without leaving your house because all you need is a phone or a computer. But you need this audiobook in your ears now. And you need to meet me online. Hear what me and my insider friends have to say that you're not going to hear anywhere else on earth. Now, my friends are not random guys with money. They're millionaires. They are billionaires. I'm not bragging because I can care less about what you or anybody else thinks of me. But I know what time it is. And you need to know what time it is. And that time is running out. You know it. Everyone on the inside knows it. It's time to stop freaking out, by the way. Shake off your analysis by paralysis or whatever the heck is holding you back, whatever you've been suffering from. But take smart, informed, and most importantly, bold and massive action. You have to snap out of it. Because guess what? The government, they can't fix this. The mainstream media, they are lying to you. The get-rich-quick gurus that are calling all over the internet like cockroaches are clowns. The magical stock pick of the century from you know, the 9,000 people that, that said they predicted the last nine market crashes is not going to do anything. Click the link below or above me, wherever it's at, get your tickets, get the book, and I'll see you in a second. Take care. This man's horrifying condition started as a common toenail fungus. The same kind of toenail fungus that starts with just a slight yellow discoloration on the nail like this. This kind of toenail fungus silently infects about 45 million Americans every year. You've heard of common athlete's foot and yeast infections. That's caused by a fungus. And if you have one now, or have ever had these, it means that Fungus spores may still be in your body, and it's important that you listen to this. Mold and mildew are another couple of examples of fungus. Yep, the stuff you find growing under your sink and behind your toilet. Yuck. There are millions of these primitive fungi organisms, and over 300 can make you sick. Fungi live in air, soil, plants, water, on many indoor surfaces, and even on your skin. That's why they're hard to avoid and protect yourself against. Do you have a mild skin infection even if you don't have toenail fungus? Because a skin infection could actually be a mild fungal infection. Have you heard of ringworm? Well, it's not from a worm. It's one of the hundreds of types of fungus infections on the skin. And drugstore creams and some big pharma meds can make it worse. And once you get infected from fungus, it spreads. And despite what Big Pharma would like you to believe, it can spread inside you, especially if you've got a cut or a compromised immune system. It can get into your lungs and make you very sick. But your symptoms appear like the flu or even tuberculosis or a host of other illnesses. And your doctor may head in the wrong direction with treatment. Meanwhile, the fungus infection continues to grow and wreaks havoc on your body and it can spread into your bloodstream, threatening your life. The CDC says, quote, Because the symptoms of fungal infections can be similar to those of other illnesses, proper diagnosis and treatment are often delayed, end quote. And by the time they discover the true hidden cause, you and your body would have suffered a high toll, or they'd have figured it out at your autopsy, because many, many people die before discovering the real cause. 
The Global Action Fund for Fungal Infections estimates that 1.5 to 2 million people die every year from fungus diseases. Uh, my name is Peter Christopherson of COIL. This is Sarah. I'm Pierce. I'm Matthew. Uh, these two guys are our um, stage performers at the moment, but they're also performance artists in their own right. And uh, they've been helping us on this present tour, and we will continue to be working with them. Um, thank you for coming. I wanted to talk a little bit about, first of all, about how I got into music, because um, a lot of people sort of ask how you know how to start and how what music means and uh, why we do it, all that stuff, and. I think it might help explain a little bit about how, why COIL is what it is and why we do what we do and, and what the form of it is. Um, when I was about uh, 18, I was walking through London and I, by chance, went into a small uh, theatre where there was some, there's a naked woman swinging uh, on a stage and a guy who was also naked, who looked a bit like a woman who was um, turning their bicycle wheel like a, um, one of those um, Duchamp art uh, pieces. And I thought that they sort of seemed crazy enough to be interesting. So I talked to them and, and it turned out to be uh, Genesis and Cozy from Throbbing Gristle, who was the, the first band that um, we started. What happened was I uh, I got talking to them and uh, their ideas were interesting and seemed to be sufficiently uh, crazy that, that it was worth meeting them again. And, and for a long time we, we worked together in an art sort of commune uh, called Coombe Transmissions. We worked from 1973 till 1976 doing performance art um, for selective uh, art gallery type audiences and it was fun because we'd get on stage and take our clothes off and have blood coming from various parts of our bodies, sometimes real and sometimes not real and it's good now that we continue in this tradition with these guys it feels like um, something important is happening uh, but after appearing at the uh, Biennale and various different art festivals, it seemed to us that we were always simply doing things for <clears throat> kind of like art gallery people. And in a way, art gallery people weren't... Is it kind of boomy or is it okay? Sound okay? Okay, so maybe I'll hold it like, like that. Art gallery people seem to be kind of pretentious and not like real, a real music audience. When you go to a, a rock band or a, a, some kind of just a regular gig, you get real people and, and you get a real reaction. Sometimes the reaction is totally nothing and sometimes the re everybody goes crazy. But at least the people that, when you play music to them, they react as though, you know, like a genuine Thing, much more so than in an art gallery where everyone's concerned that they're saying the right thing or they're appearing to, uh, to be doing and having the right reaction. So, so we got kind of pissed off with doing uh, 
art performances because we wanted to appeal to, to young people and also to real people. So we, we decided to start a band called Throwing Bristle and uh, that was good. We did, we did some kind of uh, strange sounds that were coupled together with equipment that we could afford, which was none. And uh, the thing about that was that we were making the same process with the music of Throbbing Bristle that we had made with our art performances, which was to take a subject that we felt was really important or that we felt moved us or made us special or different or there was some kind of a subject about which there was a resonance, a kind of um, importance or some quality that made it special. And we made this music uh, not for the reaction that it would get, but for the feeling that it gave us. A lot of people nowadays seem, I mean, I guess not just now, but always, start making music or start making records because they want their friends to approve of them or they want to be seen as musicians or as rock stars or as, you know, groovy people. And it, it, that doesn't actually interest me particularly. I mean, I'm, it's nice when people say that was a really good concert, but the important thing is that what, that what we do is the things that we select and the things that we express are chosen to appeal to us and to, to move us in a way, you know, as I say, that's special or resonant or something like that. And Throwing Bristle and subsequently Saki TV and up to date is Coil have all, all of these bands have one thing in common, which is uh, we act as a kind of a conduit or a uh, sort of line of communication. As it's a sort of a, it's almost like it's, the stuff's not coming from us, it's coming through us. A channeling, maybe a channeling is, is a kind of, uh, sort of, it's a bit of a hippie way of putting it in there. It's like, you know, like when we did Time Machines, we, we, used, to, we used to still say that the music came from uh, another planet or from, from some kind of transmission from Sirius. And, and you know, I feel that it is. I, although uh, I have enough experience now to be able to remember the, the process of different concerts and the venue and stuff, I very rarely can remember anything that happened during the concert. Um, and you go into a kind of a trance. I think maybe the audience goes into a kind of a trance too, uh, because we often see people just kind of gazing up and kind of going, There are two different kinds of rituals. There's the ritual that the guy in the long dress and in the big house on the hill, you know, with the pointy bits at the top. There's the rituals that they do um, that usually have, uh, you know, in this, this, this part of the world they're Christian, but in another part of the world there may be something else. But those rituals are things that they use, or in the past they've used to control people. It's, for me, it's dogma, you know. But there's another kind of um, ritual in the way of an, in, in an archaic way, in an 
ancient way. And way that um, isn't music ancient? Well, this is one of the questions I would like to, to come to. To me, it's all the same, you know. Uh, it's of images. Um, you know, to to uh, change the you know, pictures of voices and to, you know, not only the idea in a song, but also kind of lay himself or herself open. But you could do, um, and and you, you kind of very often we uh, sort of almost randomly mutate things, or or not randomly, but in a sort of uncontrolled and kind of spastic way, we make sounds disappear and go up their own assholes and loop and become something else, and then choose out of an hour's worth of noise, you know, the 30 seconds that might actually contain the distilled essence or the beauty or the, the essence or the, the meaning of what it is we were trying to get at. So the alchemical process is, you know, in a, it's symbolic really of the kind of a musical process that we, we employ. So it's still, you know, it's still very much part of our work. And uh, it's flattering to us that we get, we frequently um, get invited by British TV companies to sort of provide soundtracks for programs about Alistair Crowley or, you know, John Dee or Rasputin or any kind of weird kind of character. Um, but that, that seems to happen quite a lot right now. Um, so hopefully that answers your first question. In terms of the second question, sexuality, presuming that, obviously depending on where you go to sample from, um, you could maybe sample from ELO or, or um, Phil Collins or something and start feeding it into, the, into, your, into your own personal systems of filters and, and whatnot and transforming the electricity into a new shape. Yeah, basically you're saying that Phil Collins is shit, is that what you're Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you can, you can make gold. <laughs> You know, al alchemy, was obviously, in the Middle Ages, was, was um, a kind of forbidden or, or uh, you know, um, rarefied art that people regarded with, with suspicion and also um, jealousy and all kinds of, um, you know, different motivations, but it was something that was separate from the process that most of the common public were involved with. And it, as Simon says, was, was to do with um, refining, or, or, or um, what is it you do with spirits? No, uh, making more concentrated, concentrating the, the essence. The, thank you. The, the, uh, the essence of, of what you're doing, and, and in, in a sense that process is still very much a part of what we do, because um, although Thadpol Sandra, who is not here today, is a classically trained musician, the rest of us are not particularly trained, and so one of the most important parts of, of, our, of the process of music making is to is, is choice, is editorial control, if you like, because we take things as diverse. I mean, I personally don't use um, ELO samples, but you could do, um, and, and you, you kind of 
very often we uh, sort of almost randomly mutate things, or, or not randomly, but in a sort of uncontrolled and kind of spastic way, we make sounds disappear and go up their own assholes and loop and become something else, and then choose out of an hour's worth of noise, you know, the 30 seconds that might actually contain the distilled essence or the beauty or the, the essence or the, the, the meaning of what it is we were trying to get at. So the alchemical process is, you know, in a, it's symbolic really of the kind of a, a musical process that we, we employ. So it's still, you know, it's still very much part of our work. And uh, it's flattering to us that we get, we frequently um, get invited by British TV companies to sort of provide soundtracks for programs about Alistair Crowley or, you know, John Dee or Rasputin or any kind of weird kind of character. Um, but that, that seems to happen quite a lot right now. Um, so hopefully that answers your first question. In terms of the second question, sexuality, I mean, to me, sexuality is important to everyone and it doesn't, you know, the particular uh, sort of flavor or, or, or kind of sexuality is not as important as the kind of bacchanalian or the kind of unrestricted uh, enjoyment, you know, that, uh, that, that everybody experiences when they reach a transformed state. Um, you know, the, the state of, of a sexual um, ecstasy or orgasm is, you know, it, from, from our very first record we, we sort of made a parallel between the sex and death and although that's kind of a cliche in a Woody Allen way, it is also true. Um, and not to, to be as open about that in our own lives and our own personalities. Would, would be, you know, would be to hide something. And hiding anything, you know, the consequence of, of any kind of secrets or lies, if you like, uh, is, you know, misery. You, it's only when you're totally open, first of all, with your friends, and secondly, with, you know, your parents, I guess, and thirdly, with the listening public, or the, you know, your, your audience. It's only when you're completely open with them that you can actually know that uh, you know what you're doing is true and therefore people see that what you're doing is true and are that much more powerfully moved and we're all completely moved yeah. <laughs> I don't think that translated probably did it into German but, but yes it's true that uh, uh, sex is important so we're going from here to, where are we going? <laughs> some, uh, some kind of porno shop, I don't know. <laughs> how, how do the boys feel about that? How do they feel when they're on stage? Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know, I feel, I feel quite, uh, quite comfortable. I mean, uh, uh, the sexuality and uh, a bit of exhibitionism, uh, it's my type of thing. So doesn't make a big deal to me. I feel good. Do you feel good too? I loved it. Oh. <laughs> well, sexuality is, is a sin for, for more than 10 years for me, I uh, think I work 
with it, uh, also as a prostitute, and it's for me an important thing to, to give to other people sexual energy, inspiration, and I think for me, uh, in the performance way, it's like uh, the big thing now to, to come together with Coil because this was uh, uh, something who brought us also together, like that I met Massimo, that uh, was a coil reason too. So we fell in love with each other and I think it couldn't be possible without sexuality, all this. So I think this is the big magic in it. Yeah. The thing is, if you're open, and if you're open in public, um, and if your openness spreads and is seen to be acceptable and not a danger, then other people will see it. And it doesn't matter if you're gay or straight or whatever, whatever your sexuality, but the important thing is that you're open and comfortable with yourself as these guys are, and we are too. And, you know, it's bound, it's inevitably bound to have a kind of a continuing, as you said, magical connection so that, you know, people meet at a car concert or people, you know, happen to see that there's, there, some guy they went home with has a coil record or anything like any connection like that or a poster or some this you know those connections spread as i said like spread throughout the world and actually you know help someone else thank you It's just, um, 
you know, uh, for, for six months over a year, you might use a lot of paprika, you know, in your cooking, and then suddenly you get bored of that and decide to use oregano or whatever. So, you know, I think it's... Uh, I was just wondering if you, if you ever thought about where that came from. I think we do after the event. You know, quite often that we'll, we'll be using something or certain themes will will be you know appearing over and over in the music that we kind of when we're creating music um, or you know certain uh, types of rhythm or types of sound or types of instrumentation will be appealing for reasons that we're not immediately aware of and because we're just listening <coughs> to a, a sort of inner voice uh, it's not until afterwards that we suddenly make the connection between what it is we're doing and something else that we've been working on or some other thing. Uh, you know, a lot, a lot of a lot of mental activity. Uh, you know, we, we always think about mental activity in terms of pictures that are appearing, in, you know, up here or sounds that we're hearing. You know, people go. What's it, what is it, what would it be like if you did this and someone goes, mm, well, it would be like this and they're looking at it that way. Or they go, and, and how would it sound if you took a, you know, a lion and you played it backwards and you pitched it down and, and you go, mm, well, it would sound something like this. And all, all this mental activity is sort of taking place at the front, but in fact, um, a large proportion of, of what coil does takes place, you know, in the back, at the back of your mind. and. Uh, to, to me, the um, the activity of the unconscious and the subconscious is, is just as interesting, and many times more interesting than you know the fact of of um, that filter being you know having a cue of this and that whatever. You know, there's you can you can focus you know you can focus on a piece of paper, and if you're not blind like I'm, you can read the words and. And the foreground of your thinking can be taken up with what's on the paper, and um, at the same time, there's all these other things that are going on, you know, in the back. And it's the same for everyone. And, and so, in answer to your question, uh, the the reason that we we choose to go with a particular kind of instrumentation or a particular kind of lyric or a particular rhythm, whether it's a you know, 4-4 marching rhythm, or it's kind of some sort of samba or something, is often not immediately clear to us, but we just do, and then later, you know, reasons or excuses or whatever present themselves. So, uh, it's, it's always we try and be open to, to any influence. back to that in a second um we're gonna go to commercial one moment we'll be right back bitches. <laughs> <laughs> 